This is the Pete and Sebastian Show with Pete Corielli and Sebastian Maniscalco. from Boston. Justin James Watt. Don't think I don't know what you're up to, kid. Muscling in on my bromance with DJ Lou. Lavishing him with gifts of sneakers and booze. Not to mention luxury box jets tickets with the meet and greet afterwards. Listen, you get the two Cinderella's. The bald-headed beauty, he's my thunder buddy. Yeah, I, I thought you liked her. I do. Wow. You know this one, Sebastian? Yeah, I've heard it. I didn't know it was her, though. Of course not. Why would I know? Well, you, I'm sure you don't listen to it often. You can't lift to it. <laughs> can't lift to this. Pete Sebastian! We're back! Sebastian Maniscalco is that voice you just heard on Pete Corielli, DJ Lou behind the glass. Boys, it's good to be hanging. This could be the last one. This is the last one for sure before the Christmas, right? So, wow. Nice. Welcome to the Pete and Sebastian show. I am got about 17,000 things going through my mind right now. So I, I need you, Pete, to take the lead on this and let All me right. filter in. All right. First of all, let me just warm everybody up with something I read. Just want your opinion. Read them about uh, a family in Brazil, a guy and his wife and his mistress, and they were uh, killing women and then making meat patties out of them and selling them to people. And the people were eating them. Now, oh, God. my question to you is, if you found out five years later after you got back from Brazil and five years had gone by that you were one of the people, when you were over there, you ate a human being. In a patty, right? But it was five years ago. I mean, your trip was over. You didn't get sick, blah, blah, blah. Do you think that would have some sort of a mental effect on you moving forward, knowing that you ate human flesh? Oh, God. I would think that that would definitely screw with your brain. Uh, something would definitely have to be altered after you know that you've ate like a, like a, like a human arm. I would think so, too, even though, you know, you didn't know at the time and your friends would be going, well, you didn't know. Now, you know, all you knew now was no. So what's the difference? Like, yeah, but now I know I, I ate Karen. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I would have to think that would uh, would screw with you in some way, shape or form moving yeah. forward in life. No. Yeah, I know. Can you even think of the weirdest thing you ever ate? Just I don't know if you could think of it, but where you were like, ugh. I mean, some people think eating octopus is is, is weird, but uh, I just <laughs> grew up. they cold for breakfast. Yeah. Had that Italian. as a side dish. Yeah. <laughs> it's Italian, man. God. What about pig's feet? You ever have pig's, pig's feet? feet? I don't think I've ever had that. Have you? Yeah, yeah. My 80-year-old grandmother, when she was alive, it'd be Christmas Eve. This little lady just gnawing, getting the teeth in between the hoofs of the pig to get the meat out between the toes <laughs> like jesus my dad's italian grandmother well his mom all right anyway i can't hold back anymore ladies and gentlemen i lou can we get some sort of a drum roll or something man i'm pete lipton i'm going into pete lipton that's james lipton i saw a green book and let me tell you something folks that is nothing short of a four star film outstanding from top to bottom and i have to say about you bro i have a lot of questions but my first question i there's nothing you could have did better nothing you were fucking great there's not a moment where i was like i mean just perfectly great dude 
it is a delight. I appreciate that. I, uh, I, uh, I didn't know how that was going to go either way. It was one of those things where I've not really acted a lot. And uh, I had a nice little part in the movie, and I was hoping that it would turn out uh, good. But, uh, you know, as a performer... You always look at it and go, oh, man, there's a little bit more funny on that bone. I should have done that. I should have done this. But, hey, it was my first time around. Nah, I, well, look, I, you know, when you say a little more funny on the bone, I, 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 I don't know that. You, you, it wasn't your movie. <laughs> You're not supposed to just <laughs> crush at the fucking dinner table and they forget about Vigo and uh, Mahershala. And it just becomes about you, but um, you know when when the old guy showed up for Christmas and he comes in and you go, you you actually showed up. I was just kidding, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you said uh, you're kind of. We don't even really see you as much now. It's more in Vigo because then Mahershal's about to show up. But we hear you say as you walk away, you go, he shows up for Christmas and he don't bring nothing. Do you believe that? Right yeah. now, was that a riff? Yeah, that whole thing was uh, improv. It was! Wow! Yeah. I was going to say, because I'm like, wow, that's that's like exactly what he thinks, <laughs> you know, about people in that situation. So either this thing was written exactly for him or... So that was fantastic yeah, and funny. Was, thank you. See, and, and, and when you did that, like, so does Farley say... Peter Farley was the director. Um, am I pronouncing Farley right or Farley? Farley. What? Fairly. Fair, fairly. Fairly. Oh God, you guys love that. Did, <laughs> when you when you uh, riff, are you like worried that he's gonna call you over and go, "Oh guy, it's not your place to say something like that." Like like. <laughs> well, I actually got a little, uh, creative license to riff, so I knew before that that scene wasn't written in the in the script. That was. Uh, something that they threw in kind of last minute because they wanted to throw the audience off uh, and without giving away the movie. They wanted, they, before the, uh, whoever comes to the door after that, yeah, they wanted to give the audience kind of a curveball because you would expect the first knock to be the guy you think it was going to be, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, did Vigo, was that a fat suit or did he gain that weight? No, 40 pounds gained it. Oh, well, he, well, then he's got the Oscar. I mean, because what if Brad, <laughs> Brad Gay, Cooper got a tan? It's, <laughs> it's going to be between those two. It, that's, it's all between Star is Born and your movie. And by the way, dude, when the credits roll, it's Vigo, Mahershala, the woman that plays Vigo's wife, and then you and someone else. That's like the fourth one in, dude. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it was nice. Man. It's nice to see that. And, uh, and, and, but it's bringing me to my point, um, just... The performance alone, without gaining the weight, is it? Is that still worthy of an Oscar, or do you have to have some type of weight gain? No, but in the very first scene, he's leaning against a wall, and Jackie goes, I think that's a fat suit. And I go, I think you're right, because his face wasn't looking as fat. And... It, 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 it's not that the performance wasn't still awesome, but all of a sudden I'm like, oh man, is this just a guy in a fat? Is, is this like, no. am I going to be looking at that? And then the very next scene, he's walking out and he's got his shirt up a little. And me and Jackie are like, nah, that's real. That's real. It's totally real. He gained 40 pounds. So, but yeah, it adds to the authenticity of the performance. It really does, dude. Wonderful. Incomparable. Yeah, he uh, he was fantastic in the film, and there was some there was another moment uh, that was an improv. Oh, the make a meal comment was an improv too. When the, she's like, "When are you gonna write me a letter?" Ah, uh, that, I, you know, I wasn't sure if that was you. I heard it before I saw because the table's off to a distance. Mm. That was you, dude. Nice. That got a huge like laugh from us on our couch. <laughs> so I'm sure the whole theater laughed. And then the one of those, um, yeah, there's one of those lines in the theater you lose it because they laugh that that the woman says I want a letter and then sometimes people laugh at that and drowns out the the line coming after that. But um, good, I'm glad you I'm glad you got a chance to see it. Now, when you with the scene where at the end where uh, he owes you seventy five bucks and you hand them yeah the the watch and then you go what what do you think I do this for free? Yeah, that's that's I in the script. I know a nice touch with a scriptwriter would have been like you tapping him on the knee, going, "Nah, is this fifty bucks?" 
You know what I mean? Because I'm walking away going, hey, you're jacking your brother-in-law for 15 for a favor? (laughs) (laughs) And then beautiful when you said, because that was the defiant, when you said, uh, I got to do this. I don't care. People don't want to hear this. Just tune out for a second. When you're at the dinner table and he's there and it gets silent when they see him. And then you go, whoa, everybody, I thought you were going to say, come on, be nicer to him. I'm, and, and, and then it was going to be a whole thing where everyone was going to try and be nice to him. But instead, you're like, get him a chair. <laughs> it was so perfectly heartfelt, feel good, man. And uh, yeah, I, I don't have enough superlatives to say about it, but <laughs> marvelous. Do you get any time? To hang out with these people off off the camera because the woman who plays Vigo's wife, she was one of my favorites in uh, Bloodline on Netflix. Yeah, she, she yeah, was yeah. the sister. So, um, do you get to chat with them at all, or not much, or what? I think I chatted with her probably probably more than anybody else on on the set because for whatever the reason. Uh, we were hanging out a lot because there was a couple scenes where we were on one side, the other actors were on the other, and we would kind of kibitz a little bit. Mahershal, I only met that 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 scene. I didn't I didn't spend a lot of time with him. And Vigo, every once in a while, we would uh, exchange a, a conversation or two. What was that like? And again, you know, I don't know what people's process is. So when I'm acting. Yeah. You know, I, sh- I, I go, I cut, and I go right into being me again. Not that I was somebody else in the, f- <laughs> in the right. film. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't have to go, hold on, guys. Let me let me layer out of this. You know <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not, you know, you're not like they say, it took Heath Ledger four hours after every day of filming Batman just to find some sense of normalcy. <laughs> You, you know, you just took off the fucking cardigan and put on <laughs> yeah. some, something from 20, 2018 again. Yeah, it's like, oh, I, I, let me find my real voice here, guys. Hold on, let me uh, <laughs> let me get out of this accent I've been doing. Well, with that, then at the beginning, when you guys are all watching the Yankee game and you're like, Maris is about to do it. Now, are you the kind of guy at all, especially as a big role? Do you go? Uh, do you look up Roger Maris on Google and what game you might be watching and, and who else? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I looked up the what, what the what the, the you know the series who was down, who was up. You know, like like I, I needed to know what type of reaction to give because if that was you know game game four and this was going to be a sweep, I wouldn't have been so excited. You know, like all right, we got the world. You know, we're gonna win. You know, like, this was like it was a struggle. They had to win the game, so that's why you get more of a uh, a louder, you know, more excitable reaction than you would if you know that we had it right. in, the, in hand. When they go like, uh, "All right, cut! All right, folks, we got to do some relighting. We're gonna come back on set in uh, forty minutes. Back on set, like stuff like that." Does all the actors just get escorted to their trailers, or do you kind of float around, or do you, you know, like what what goes on? And like, a like I, I would always go Vigo. What do you, you know? I'd be trying to hang with him, but then you don't want to be that guy, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't probably be that guy. like you said, he has his process. Yeah, I didn't know what what his process was, so, but that in particular, the, a lot of the movie was shot in that house. Now, that house was basically a condemned building that they made like look like a home. So we were wow. shooting that in, in literally, I think it was 23-degree weather outside, and there wasn't much heat within the, within the, the place itself. So it, it was a little it was cold. So yeah. when, we, when we did the cut, we actually went outside. They had a tent for us with a heater in it. We kind of gathered around the heater there. And Vigo uh, was smoking in between, so he would go out and get a drag of smoke, and then I would hang out with the other actors, uh, whoever was there, whether it be actors, lighting guys, what have yeah. you. It wasn't, uh, I wasn't hanging out with, uh, with Vigo uh, a lot. He was, he was kind of yeah. in his own... Yeah, now, now I, you never smoked. I used to smoke. I quit smoking. But if I was in, in that movie, I'd buy a pack of Marlboro Reds day two and a Zippo. <laughs> By the time that I filmed, me and Vigo would be smoking buddies. <laughs> well, Whoa. great, great movie, folks. Get you, As soon as it comes out or um, if it's in the theater near you, I am telling you what a great date. You go, you get yourself a nice meal. 
and then you go and you sit and you watch this fantastic movie. And I'll tell you, I think Vigo is going to win, but I, I think Mahershala is definitely going to win. Dude, he made me laugh out loud a few times, and you don't expect it from that character, but like out loud, man. He was great. The, yeah, that chicken scene. I don't know if you remember the chicken yeah, scene. Yeah, of course. He was, he was eating chicken for the first time. was was a funny scene. And uh, it uh, it does a good job of like taking on a serious subject, but then kind of uh, peppering it with some comedy. So we'll see. We'll see what happens at the uh, at the Golden Globes, and, uh, and I hope uh, it, it gets the recognition it deserves. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive? It's a nice, that's a nice touch. The Pete and Sebastian Show. Yeah, and when you go to the Globes, bro, because at the Globes, they actually serve drinks, which everyone says is so great, the stars. So when you're having a drink with some of these people, can you start lining up some guests for the show? (laughs) Well, I think that that parlays us right into this offer that we just got, which Lou knows a hell of a lot more than we do. So uh, we got invited to do the Super Bowl. In Atlanta and be on, uh, what do they call it, Lou? Media Row? Radio Row. Radio Row. And uh, yeah. what do you guys hey. think, man? Well, Lou, Lou what is this? Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of like a press junket where everybody, all the radio all lines up in an actual row. And all the stars of the game and all the celebrities that are going down there. Like, I'm sure Jamie Foxx will be floating around or... Uh, who knows Mariah Carey I don't know but everybody all these guests go right down the row they go right down the line and they visit uh, the sports show they're gonna visit Mad Dog they're gonna visit uh, other shows like um, Radio Andy uh, Andy Cohen Um, so we'd be one of those little booths that they'd pass on their way of doing their interviews all the way down the line Uh, see I hmm, I thought we were gonna be on the field day of next to Chris Berman well, <laughs> the latest Chris. <laughs> no, I did. I thought we were gonna like. So no. <laughs> what? Pete thought he was, he was gonna get uh, called in to kick a field goal. <laughs> I, I well, I did think that maybe we'd be going with mics, you know, around like uh, running up to uh, Watt who'll be oh, there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> that's by the way. That's one thing I want to know, Sebastian. If we could somehow put in a contract. We'll go if the Texans make it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I got a feeling that the Texans are going to be playing the Bears. Really, man? Yeah. That's I, well, I feel. I, I, I'm feeling good about the Texans. Lou, Lou, uh, could you give us some insight of what happened at the game? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you guys were texting. <laughs> you guys were texting me while I was while I was trying to like experience it, and all of a sudden Sebastian goes, "Lou, period. We need details." <laughs> like, I, like I, I'm looking to see, like, give me the environment. Take a, you know, yeah. a, a photo of the buffet. You know where you're sitting. Not, yeah. not necessarily the field, but like the reverse angle. I was looking for a little bit more of a. A detailed description. Though. I know, I know. Me I know. too, me too. For, uh, for, for the people that might not know, what we're saying here is J.J. Uh, Watt was kind enough to leave Lou tickets for the Jets playing the Texans this past week uh, at Giant Stadium or whatever they call it now. I don't even know. MetLife. Uh, what? MetLife. Yeah, MetLife. And Lou went with his brother. And uh, yeah, we were texting him. And I'm, I'm right there with you, Sebastian. Lou, did you think we were texting to just like genuinely like, are you having fun? No, I know. No, we wanted pictures and shit. I wanted to see the seats, the view. I was know. there any celebrities around? There was no. I, I wanted to enjoy it. So I turned off my phone and I didn't see that until much later. Like, I, I didn't want to spend my time texting you guys and not soaking oh, okay. in all of everything I could uh, experience. Uh, Okay, so Lou's way, way off the like the technology grid when he does this, anything social. Well, it was a private suite which held about, I'd say, fifty people total. I was wrong when I said a hundred because I didn't, I didn't, you know, investigate it. So like, uh, there was like thirty-five seats outside where you could sit and in the cold and watch the game, 
or you could be in the suite inside where it's just like luxury seating. There's like couches. There's a bartender. There's food all over the place. But here's the thing. It was just Watts family. I didn't see not one fan. I don't I don't believe anyway. Besides me and my brother. Everybody else was from Wisconsin related to Watt. Wow. So it was really like we were on the inside of his inner circle and I everybody was you know super kind and, and great but it was literally yeah. his family supporting JJ. So do you, Sebastian, you know what's kind of wild here? As big as Watt is, when he comes to the New York area, Lou is his favorite celebrity friend. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, can, I mean, the, the, I, if we just did a Google that shit on the on the famous Manhattan residents, Ethan Hawke, he could have had Ethan Hawke. <laughs> Chose <laughs> Lou. Matt Dillon lives there. I know that's Brad a fact. Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 when did you meet him? And how did that go? Walk us through it, man. Well, I first showed up there. My friend had a, a Jets van in the parking lot. Like a, a van that he made into like a New York Jets mobile with like nice. everything's the shape of a helmet and it's it's like a big square and on the floor inside is the actual gridiron and, and like the field like a real fucking Yahoo. So anyway, they were having a party outside in the parking lot and that's where we started out there for like a couple hours before the game time. All right, I, I was asking how when you met Watt. Well, I guess a van. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, <I don't>, uh, <laughs> see, this is why I don't text you because you're gonna make fun. Sebastian, was that confusing? Didn't I make it seem like I wanted to, yeah. you know, we want when he met Watt, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, you want the short version? Okay, guy, I got you. Do you think the listeners care about you hung out in a green van? <laughs> <laughs> nope, actually they don't. You're right. Um, his girlfriend takes us downstairs into the bowels of MetLife Stadium. So she says, uh, come on, follow me. And a state trooper takes us into the bottom of the place. And there's only about 20 of us. And we start talking to everybody. And his cousin, we met his aunt, we met his mom. It's just everybody waiting for JJ to come out. He does come out, takes pictures with everybody. And then when me and my brother went up to him, I said, this is so much better than meeting Eddie Vedder. He said, that's awesome. We took the picture. And then we slunk on out into the night. Oh, man. Very nice. So I didn't get too drunk. I think I did it good. Oh, you, oh, you, you, you drink, drinking the Johnny Walker Black? <laughs> it's uh, it's blue, not black. Thank, thank, I got to thank him for that. Blue is a two hundred dollar difference between black and blue. Oh yeah, I know. I, that's that's what that's what I was gonna say. I mean, wow, I was like, shit. what? What's going cheap on Lou but, uh, with the black? But it was cool, man. It was really, it was a really cool experience. Wait, wait, he got he got you blue. He got right? him blue. It's like it's like it's like if you I'm trying to like uh if you're just saying that you sat in the third deck at a Lakers game. That's what that's what like drinking black is, but that you didn't say you were in, in the front row. Right. Blue's oh. the front row. Oh. It's and, a good he, scotch. Yeah, at the bar it's twenty dollars a shot. Yeah. Which is why Sebastian sent that text when we were all texting saying you're supposed to sip it, not slug it like Gatorade. <laughs> if Watt knew you were going to do that, he would have just got you uh, Johnny Walker Red, right? I didn't know what it was. I didn't know who it was from. I just went for it. That's why you do the Vivino. My point is I belong outside in a Jets van drinking Johnny Red or Black. <laughs> <laughs> it's too classy for me. I meant to send you a text, and I wrote it. And you ever do that where you don't, where it didn't send? And I came out of the shower, and the, and uh, by then the game was over. So, but when the Jets scored right towards the end of the game, yes. Because when I met JJ the first time after they played the Bills, they had lost to the Bills. So I went to text you saying, "You better hope the Texans come back and win, or that meet and greet is gonna be way less fun." Yes, yes. That was my me and my brother's plan. We're like, oh, if they lose, we're just gonna leave. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're, not gonna, we're not gonna bother him with uh hey can i get a picture for some likes on instagram <laughs> well anyway lou glad you got to meet him That's and great. uh you know speaking of johnny walker blue can we dude do you see the picture lou i sent you of my christmas gift from sebastian and lana to me and jackie oh yeah oh uh, folks i have to post this on facebook i i can't a dual two-person bicycle. 
top of the line, sleek, gray. This guy pulls up at my house in a truck. Now, Lana had texted Jackie and, and said, make sure you and Peter are home at a certain time because the delivery's coming. So Jackie says to me, make sure you're home because the gift from Sebastian and Lana is coming and it's probably booze because you got a sign for it. So I'm out in the, in the basement and Jackie's yelling to me. I'm like, I'll be right there. And then she goes, guy, come now. And I come running up and she's like, there's a truck in the driveway. I don't know who it is. I'm not going out there. I'm not dressed. And I go, uh... I go, uh, well, so they said they were dropping off a gift. Maybe it's that guy. And she goes, it's not him. It's it's a Holly, Holly ski shop or something. <laughs> so I'm like, what? And I go out there, and this guy's got a red truck. I go around to the back because he already undid the latch. I look in there, and I see this stunning two-person bike with a tag dangling off the handlebar that says Merry Christmas from Lana and Sebastian. As the guy's taking it out with me, he goes, he sees the tag, and he goes, this is some Christmas present. I go, yeah, and he he goes, is this uh, a family member or something? I go, it's a guy I work with. I just leave it like that. Just beat it, guy. He didn't tell you what I got. So, dude, I know I've said this to you in line, and so is Jackie, but it is Awesome, man. You outdid yourself. You got to stop, man. Next year, I just want a fruit basket, bro. <laughs> I mean, at this rate, you're going to have to get me a Humvee within five years. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I, I, I had this like idea when we were talking about you and the bike. I remember we did a, a cast a while back about you on your bike, and you had a I don't know. There's a couple times you mentioned a bike story where you went up to the to the dead end, or what oh was yeah, that? yeah, with the guy with the dog, yeah. And then you had to put the bike in the car one time because of flat tire, something. It's called Jackie. I don't know what the hell. It was a lot of bike stuff this year. I go, let me just get him. Can you put a baby seat on this thing anywhere? Well, Sadie's already five. She came home from school. I immediately took her out to the garage and showed it to her. She was bugging out. And I, I go, I think you could sit on, on the back. So she And she got on it, and she can put her feet on the, on the handlebars. Like, basically, she, if she, does, she can't pedal. She's not tall enough to pedal, but I can mm. pedal her. And sometimes we want to go on these long bike rides, and she gets tired on her own two-wheelers. So, uh, yeah, I'll just plop her on the back of that thing. It's like Jackie Perfect. said, though, this thing is so goddamn nice. Even the fenders are beautiful. She's like, I don't want to use it. I'm like, I don't want to use it. I want to hang it in my goddamn house. Yeah. So I still feel good about mine. Still feeling good about mine. I didn't get a complex. So you, you got to wait, bro. You got two parts, but you don't have the main part. So don't bother opening anything yet. Nothing's open. All right. Nothing's open. Thanks, man. I love it, dude. I love it. Good. Glad you got that. Um, what else was I going to tell you? Boy, this show has a last show before Christmas feel, doesn't it? Uh. Oh, I think it does, bro. <laughs> Get up, you son of a bitch. As Mickey loves you. Sirius XM Comedy presents The Pete and Sebastian Show, live in Orlando, Florida. I'm comedian Pete Corielli. And this is comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. Join us for The Pete and Sebastian Show. You're going to laugh. We're going to have fun. Saturday, December 29th, 2 p.m. at the Orlando Improv. For tickets to this live radio show taping, go to theorlandoimprov.com. See you soon, man. I cried the other day. I thought about you because I'm like, if he saw this, he would have to have bawled. You know that tune by Rod Stewart? I wish that I knew what I know now when I was younger. So do you see this commercial? I think it's for Apple. I'm not sure what it's for. But it's a guy, and he's with his daughter, and she's young. And he's giving her music to play and telling her these are the songs you should like. And then it shows her growing up a little bit, playing dad songs with him. And then he's dropping her off at college, and he says goodbye, and he's touching, he's crying. And she's laying in her dorm room all by herself, and she's feeling lonely, scared, 18, unsure. And she says, Alexa, play Dad's song list. And then it played, I wish that I knew. You know, so she felt like her dad was with her. Bro, just flowing, flowing down my face. She could have filled a bucket. Jesus. 
And you don't know what commercial this is for? Honestly, I figured Lou would be playing the song and the commercial by the time I finish that story. We are all checked out for the holidays. (laughs) Oh, man. I got my head under the tree, bro. Lou sent me a text, by the way, Sebastian, later on the night after we met Watt, saying, it's so hard for me not to tell people that I know the Watt. (laughs) (laughs) I was telling my brother, oh, you people are going to be so fucking sad after this game is over. Well, what do you want to do? Go up to your deli guy as he's making your ham sandwich? Uh, can I get a little mayo on that? By the way, PTW, I know JJ Watt. <laughs> uh, so, what? what's this song? This is from the commercial, man. Oh, okay. Is it, yeah. So you're man, crying over this? Yeah, gee, nothing like having a kid. I'm making a... Did I tell you, bro? I'm suggesting this to you. I'm starting a... It's called, and I have no better title, An Unexpected Death Box. And, and that's, I'm putting stuff in a box that in case I die unexpectedly, like, it, I already have a list of the 20 songs that I think my daughter should know. Um, oh, wait a minute. It's like a living will? It's not a will. It's just that if I die before I have the time to tell you and instill these things into you, I don't want some fucking Yo-Yo Zero stepdad trying to get you to listen to Kenny Loggins. Oh, bro, this is an excellent idea. It's like like a parenting handbook just in case you keel over, right? So maybe if you want to go in there and even say, listen, when you turn 16, I want your first drink to be a nice blue moon. You know, yeah, that's well. I don't want that to be a first drink, that but I hear what you're saying. <laughs> yes, exactly. Whatever matters to you, you know. Look, it was all inspired because there's this song by the Beatles called "Sexy Sadie," and it's a great tune. "Sexy Sadie," da, da, da. and I know someday she'll be like 18 or she'll be in college, and some dude who's like dating her or likes her is going to be aware of that song, and he's going to like play it to her one night and if she don't know it she's gonna be so moved and fucking you know give it up so i'm telling <laughs> i want to i can't tell her now she can't be telling my daughter a song called sexy city but when she's a little older i want to say listen some yo-yo when you're in college is gonna play this for you and just don't let them pull the wool over your eyes all right it's, it's got to try a little harder than that to find a song with your name in it well, I, I mean, I think you, you hit a chord here with a lot of parents out there that they probably think that they're going to be around forever. What you're doing is foreshadowing, and we believe, excuse me, we don't want this to happen, but you're almost foreshadowing if you pass away early and don't have any time or, or, or the time needed to give your daughter the guidelines of, of life. You're putting it in an unexpected death box. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, do you write unexpected death box on the box? Is that readily available in the house where you're just periodically going over there and tossing things in? Or is that death box up in an attic somewhere? Well, that's a fantastic question. Right now, it's a stack of papers on my desk. So it, I, I haven't decided what I want to officially put it in. I'm not going to call it an unexpected death box, but I'm going to have it. It's a box and it's going to be for Sadie. And there's, there's going to be, you know, just random notes. Like, you know, I already wrote down here that, um, you know, it's it's not just you should. It's required that you, you have to know Saturday Night Fever and Rocky. I mean, you have to know these. It makes you a better human being, man. And I know if I told her now at five, oh, whatever, Dad. And if I die tomorrow, who's going to tell her at 12 when it matters? Yeah. Again, dopey stepdad. I, I don't mean yeah. that against stepdads. I'm just being jealous. because No, I, 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 I hear you here. I hear you here. <laughs> but you bring up a good point in regards to when is a proper age to introduce your kids to Rocky? Yeah, because you get one shot at it, you know. Yeah, what, I'm what age though? But like, what what's what is it? Is it twelve? Is it sixteen? Is it different for a boy or a girl? Like, when do you? Yeah, it's different for a boy. I think you could you could get him by five. You know, once Apollo Creed comes out, he's in full tilt. A girl, I feel like the only reason she's watching is because she knows Dad loves it. So she's gonna have to be at least thirteen. Wow. I'm going, listen, uh, I, I plan on playing the Rocky theme out of the hospital with my son. 
necessary, have a play in as Lana's giving birth. <laughs> Man, with any luck, you can't oh, come out and God. put his arms up in the air and do a dance on mom's belly. Like, like, like I just won. Oh. Could you imagine Jeez. this right out of the hospital as Lana's carrying my little boy in the wheelchair, just going to the car? Oh, wow. Yeah. What a great introduction. Oh, boy. This. Uh, your boy is going to be the, the 401 through f- to 499. Those episodes going to be dedicated to the boy. We've been waiting a long oh, time for this. Man. <laughs> going to mold this kid. Lou, do you have training montage uh, there at your fingertips? One of my favorite Rocky songs, if uh, and I think we we've done this on a on a cast maybe four years ago. The um, Going starts the with like a is that is that it? The, it starts with a bell like. Yep. Yep. That's going the distance. Here you go. Just that bell alone, my ears started to twitch. Oh, yeah. Early morning, 5.30. Cold. Running. Lou, are you recording this? Because this has got to go in Sebastian's unexpected death box. (laughs) It does. God forbid you kick it, bro. What, stepdad's going to come in and try to tell your kid he's got to watch Dead Poets Society? Oh, no. No, you're right. This is this is the first song going into the death box. Matter of fact, I'm I might want this playing at my wake. <laughs> well, now I definitely hope you die first because me and Lou left our asses off in the back of the room with this. Uh. <laughs> I mean, it, it, listen, I, if you have a wake, right? It's yeah. it's morbid. You go, there's really no no music playing at all. Yeah. If you had to have a theme song for your death, I mean, and make it kind of tongue-in-cheek funny, when, what, would, what would the song be? Oh, man. Uh, I might go with a little How Deep Is Your Love. How Deep Is sa- Your Love? Saturday Night, Night Fever. How Deep Lou, Is you- Your Love? Yeah, you know that one. Oh, it's just wow. a nice, you're walking in, you come down the aisle, you see my coffin from a distance, and you just hear it softly playing. Uh, yeah, background. you know, that, that. Oh, there he is. Yep. Oh, looks What did he die of? He's 85. What didn't he oh. die of? <laughs> wait, let's wait till his let's wait till his daughter's done crying by the coffin before we go over there. Oh, yeah. Is that the bike I got him? <laughs> oh, so you're you outlive me in your version too, huh? <laughs> no one's mentioning oh. Lou. Lou, we were both at your funeral 15 years <laughs> earlier. <laughs> well, at least to be there. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how about uh, how about this for a wake song, Lou? Um, uh, the, the cocaine song. Uh, oh, Clapton. Oh, white lines. White lines. Come on, now you come into the funeral home, right? You're looking. Where's the where's the mansion? Oh, oh, Where, where's where's his room? Where, where's this parlor? And then you start to go to the right. And then you walk in and you hear this. Oh yeah, right? <laughs> Bartender in the corner serving wine, right? And then, boom, you're in. Face. Oh wow, it's a party, bro. It's a party it's at a, my way. It's a coke party. Vision, dreams of passion. Now. How can I keep that going though? I'm up, I'm kneeling in front of the casket. This isn't matching. Watch, ready? Hey, buddy, you're good. I, I miss you, Jack, and I miss you. Um, yeah, no, see. No, you're, I you're, can't. I can't even be sincere with this shit, guy. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to come up to the casket and go, guy. I can't believe you got this song playing. <laughs> you know, it, it's not. You don't go sentimental with it. You follow the lead of the song. Uh, oh, man. For a second, I, I I lean in and I go, you really did it, you crazy bastard. <laughs> and then I'm going to go back out in the lobby. I'm not going to sit in there 
By the way, you said something that really kind of threw me off because this is even my only one rule when I die. You had said you're going to come in and you're going to ask where's the, the parlor with Sebastian. Bro, I ain't getting doing my wake in a place where there's like four wakes going on and you got to read oh. the board to see which room you want to make. <laughs> nah, nah. It's a standalone building and I'm the only dead one in it. Oh, okay. So you're going like uh, it's reserved for you. It's like a VIP uh, wake. Yeah, you ever you ever had a wedding and you step out to use a bathroom and you accidentally see the other wedding? It, ch- it cheapens the wedding you're in. I There's another one across the hall. <laughs> I don't like when there's multiple parlors because then everybody comes out to the common area. And you don't know why other people died, right? So it could be a guy who was 98, and you're like, okay, we knew he was going to go. So you have that group. But then in the next one, guy could have got murdered, right? <laughs> so you got, a, you got a whole different emotion coming out of that parlor, right? 100%, man. That's a much more solemn thing mixing with your When you die, don't you want any sad face in the building to automatically know, oh, that's because of Sebastian. That's cause of, <laughs> not because, oh, that could, all, that could be Tim down the hall. I know that guy, Tim. That's it. <laughs> Reserved oh, just for you. God. That's it, man. Well, you know, you, do you ever try and do this? And I, last thing, yeah, I, I actually did this the last week. I went, you look at who died, right? And then you you might come in and you look at the lobby. Do you ever try and pair up who in the lobby belongs with what parlor? Like, uh <laughs> Like it was an Italian guy, right? You look at a guy who's maybe like got blonde braided long hair. And goes, There's no way that guy's in the Ferracci, the Ferracci yeah. funeral. Absolutely. I was gonna say, man, you you could usually tell by the clothing, you know. Like oh, they're all here to see that steam fitted that passed away unexpectedly on the job. <laughs> not a not a jacket or tie among them. Just fucking jet sweatshirts coming in to pay their respects. Oh God! Would you? This brings up another question. Would you ever allow like Lana um, to have a a dress code? Like, would you? I I would I wouldn't want someone coming in inappropriately dressed up to my coffin in a goddamn t-shirt. No, so you want a guy out there with a clipboard uh, at your wake and almost like a velvet rope. It's like yes, a, like a nightclub. Important. Yeah, I mean if if I couldn't have it all those years on airplane flights and everywhere else, can I at least have it in death that everybody shows up dressed nice? I, I don't think that's too much to ask. I think uh, when the uh, when the the post is made, it should go you know dress code strictly enforced at the bottom of it. Do people put that in wakes? No, but that's what's going to happen in yours. So you might you might want to put that in the uh, the death box. Damn right, man. By the way, you two are. Uh, if I had you right now, you hold us. Just you don't have to thank me now, but I just want you to know. Oh, we're Paul Bears. Yeah, yeah. And Lou, uh, not, uh, if you're still smoking, which I'm sure you will be, it would be a nice touch to have the dangling cigarette oh, when you walk wow. in the, the coffin from the hearse and then just put it out before you get inside the funeral home. <laughs> uh, I versa. like that. I like that. Yeah. I know that much. Um, I could do it. Uh, do you mind if I just wear sunglasses throughout the whole damn thing? I, 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 I got this idea from Stallone when, um, and I think we played this on the cast too, but it's worth bringing back. Lou, I, I got to hear it again. Uh, if you could pull up Stallone's cry when Mickey died. Um, he had the sunglasses with that little uh, black guy underneath. As he's putting it into the uh, what? What do you call it? The um, mausoleum. mausoleum. Yeah. Um, if you got that readily available, love to hear that again on this uh, Christmas holiday season. <laughs> you the crying leading up to it, or just the uh, when he starts? Oh, you to know speak what? Yiddish. I think is it him crying with Mickey dead? Yes, yes, and then he, he oh. speaks Yiddish. He, oh, is that he's speaking Yiddish? Yeah, yeah, because wow. Mickey was Jewish. What a thespian. <laughs> He has to repeat after the uh, the guy. 
Israel. Israel. This is all with sunglasses on, by the way. Really? Ose Shalom. Ose Shalom. Oh, so quiet. Sounds like home. We are Shalom. Shalom. Oleinu. Oleinu. They are called Yisrael. You are called Yisrael. The Imaru. Amen. Oh my God! Uh, listen, I gotta start whispering again. Keep doing it. I mean, come on! Like that guy was whispering. I was hanging on every word, man. I mean, it, he, he. Oh my God! I almost wanted unbelievable. I I just became aware of the fact that I could listen to Rocky on the radio. And enjoy it as as much as the movie more than oh, most man. movies I watch. I could just listen I, to that. Uh, yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, I could go on a road trip for three hours and 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 do an audio version of the movie. What we should uh, do a special once where we we commentate over the audio version of Rocky. So just like you could go, look, I get a quick pause. He's wearing sunglasses right now for this whole thing. Okay, we're back to the. So the audience stays with. They know what's going on, and it's just. When you're driving, you know, hey, you want to drive? We got a long drive. Oh, want to listen to God. Rocky this with is... Pete and Sebastian? Oh, this is this is coming out of, uh, I want to say, four. Yes. Right, Lou? Yes. This is a, right after he argues with Adrian, and he gets in what I think was a gray Ferrari. Or was it red? I remember it being black. Oh, was it black? And he had a beautiful, I think it was a gray sweater on. And uh, I i have played this song many a times when I was a teenager, just hanging around the house. I, I just had eaten dinner, and I told my mom I was going to take a ride to Osco Drugstore to get some gum, and I would put this on on the way to the pharmacy to buy a pack of Trident, and I would think about my life. That's crazy, man. What is Come this on. song? No, but I no. mean, you listen. Lou, what do you mean, what is this song? This is the song where he goes driving and he's thinking about fighting Drago, right? Right, and there's a montage where they show all the flashbacks from all the other Rocky movies for a full four yeah. minutes. It's like, if you watch no Rocky movies, just watch this part and you'll, know, you'll be all caught up. I know all that, and within the realm of Rocky Four and this montage, it worked and it was great. But this isn't worthy of cranking to yeah. go get gum. Oh, yeah, I mean, are I you kidding? A Stones me? tune or something? Lou, would you this put is it up? Just for the move. No. No, because when you're driving, you are Rocky. Yeah, you're <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I know the song. But Robert know. Tepper, One Hit Wonder. There's no, oh yeah. God, man, it's legendary. Uh, I, got, I got the theme song and then Eye of the Tiger and Eye of the Tiger as far into the future as I go uh, playing Rocky music in the real world. I just, you know, only here's a movie. Here's a question. I don't know if you guys notice. It's a trivia question. What did Rocky have on his license plate? He had a personalized license plate. Anybody know? Yes, I think I do. Lou, do you? You go first, Pete. Is it was it Butkus? Was it Italian Stallion? Wrong on both sides. Damn. Southpaw. Oh, very good. Oh. Damn it. You know where Southpaw came from? Nine huh? minutes. I'll tell you, a long time ago, there was this guy, maybe a couple hundred years ago, he was fighting in the, uh, he was fighting around, I think it was around Philadelphia, and his arm, he was left-handed, his arm was facing towards New Jersey, you see? And that's South. So the natural, they call him South Paw. You see? South Paw, South Jersey, South Camden, South Paw. You know what I mean? There was a thing he did in one of the movies, I forget, I think it might have been three. Nah, I think it was four, when he goes and trains at the farm. 
He's almost, he's on his back, but he's not. He's almost in a 45 de- degree angle doing some, I don't know what type of sit up. It looks like his head is buried into the floor and yeah. he's doing this like, I don't even know what it is. It's like a sit up, but it, 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 I can't even describe it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Are we talking in three or four? No, we're talking four. In in Russia, in the cold? Yes. In the farm, yeah, in the farm. Yeah, with house. a beard. Didn't he have the beard for that, too? Yeah, he was yeah. By the it was way, like I grew a one handed thing, yeah. Yeah, I grew a beard after I saw him in a beard. <laughs> oh, man. Remember when he was dangling from the rafters at a barn doing oh, sit ups? Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. like, are you kidding Tremendous. me? This guy. I could just watch him work out for two hours. <laughs> so now that green book is uh gonna be uh great and you've got some other acting roles when you get your first when you start to make your own movies and you got real leverage bro i'm thinking remake of cobra that would be a good remake for you would you love a stallone great movie needs Uh, to be remade okay the whole thing on the stallone thing in cobra is the that toothpick yeah. That he's got set on the back of his molars where you could just see the tip of a toothpick hanging out of the mouth is I don't think in I've seen in any movie a guy with a cooler t- toothpick move. Has there anybody else had a toothpick in a movie, Lou, that we know? <laughs> Can you Google that shit? Toothpick techniques? Sure. I think it's a lot of the black and white movies used to do that. Yeah, who, wait, someone, no. Who someone else that? recently, right? Had one that... Yeah. <coughs> like, toothpick flipping in a movie, something something along that line on Google. I've tried the toothpick. I've never lasted more than a day and a half. I just... It just gets chewy. You got to replace it a lot. Mm, I like a good toothpick. Didn't De Niro have a toothpick in Casino? Or Goodfellas, I think Pesci had one actually in 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 the Goodfellas. Sorry about the toothpicks. Eighty-two, 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 eighty-two. What? Toothpicks. Hey everybody, it's DJ Lou. I was just given a handful of tickets to give away for the Orlando live taping at the Improv. So if you can get yourself there or you're in the area, email us at pnsmailbag at gmail and we'll get a bunch of you in for free. That's P-A-N-D-S-M-A-I-L-B-A-G at gmail.com. Saturday, December 29th. It's at 2 p.m. in the afternoon at the Orlando Improv. The Pete and Sebastian Show. We want to pack this place out. So just send me your name and phone number to PNS Mailbag. See you there. Ain't no holla back, girl. Did I tell you I went to the zoo? No, you said you were going. Okay. So last week I went to the L.A. Zoo, and Lana and I have not adapted to parenthood yet. We we still think that we we don't have a kid when we go out, so we don't we don't pack the appropriate gear. We didn't bring a stroller. We we rarely bring a stroller out ever. All right, Uh, and we didn't bring one to the zoo. Which for those parents out there, you know, walking around with a uh, almost a two year old. At a zoo, they have to be in a stroller. I mean, my, my daughter's tipping about 26, 27 pounds now. And uh, that ain't no joke when, you, when you're carrying a, a basically a 30-pound weight around. Yeah. You, you yeah. get tired. Plus, Lana's Absolutely. pregnant, so I got to do a lot, of, a lot of the carrying. So that's number one. Number two, it was the L.A. Zoo. I've, I haven't been to a zoo since the San Diego Zoo probably about 15 years ago. Wow, so very un- long time. Yeah, long time, long time. So we go into the zoo, and um, I'm sitting there. I'm looking at this <laughs> ape. 
orangutan. I get them all confused. Uh, you know, gorillas, apes, and orang- orangutans. I, I can't tell the difference. And I don't read the signs. I'm yeah. not that guy. Like, I if it's a bird, I go, it's a bird. I don't go look and go, oh, it's an African yellowtail. And the, I, I don't read anything. I ain't there to learn. I just go, look at the bird. Right. Uh, right. You're all visual. All right. Fair All enough. visual. So I'm looking at the ape, and I turn the line, and I go, this thing looks old. I mean, it's losing hair. It's barely getting up. It's got a limp. And I go, it's got that. So I hear from behind me, it's our oldest animal here. This guy had to be uh, blasted off his ass. He had like the alcohol nose. Have you ever seen that? Where, where alcoholics, they drink a lot and their nose yep. becomes swollen. You ever see that look? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. This guy had alcohol, al- alcohol nose big time. And I go, how old is he? 62. They got a 62-year-old orangutan at the L.A. Zoo. And I tap on, I go, I think I got to start refreshing the animals here. I mean, don't you think 62? I mean, the, the, the thing's on Medicaid, right? I mean, you, you got to bring in a fresher animal. Well, I mean, yeah, but what are you going to do with the 62-year-old one? You, you Doesn't know. it move to like a senior senior uh, zoo? Just, Hold on. I got, I got, like- Lana! Hold on, one second, guys. One second. You ever notice? I don't know if you go through this, Pete. Like, what? Do you need me? No. So the kid's crying, right? Mm-hmm. And every time the kid's crying and Lana's got her, I'm always like, what happened? What went wrong? What's going on? You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did she get mad? Yeah. Yeah, of course, man. She's like, I got it. I got it. It's under control. It's under control. Don't just run in here and act like all of a sudden you're going to save the day. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because like if she did tell me what was going on, like I would really know what to do. I know. So anyway, we're at at the zoo. The the, the ape is uh, out of, you know, he's he's old and whatnot. So we're walking around. We went to the kangaroo thing. And I'm thinking the kangaroo, we're going to see like a 15-foot fence, right? There's not. There's yeah. a couple rocks between me and the kangaroo. I, I, this thing could jump out of here at any minute, right? Then yeah. I'm looking at the kangaroo. I don't know what they did. They must have snipped its uh, hamstrings or something. This thing had no hop. This thing was yeah. walking around. Yeah. Yeah, that is an eerie zoo by me. They do that. You can walk amongst the kangaroos. I was thrown at first, too, but right? Just... Hang out yeah. right there. The, 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 the giraffes. I'm like, how are they not walking out of the exhibit? There's nothing between the people and the animals. That's what I'm trying to tell you. There's no fence around the giraffes? No. Wow. There's a small, like, two foot. It, it's nothing. It's like they shouldn't even have it. Well, that's actually, but don't you feel better? That would make me feel better because what, what bothers me, I've been to zoos lately. I get very depressed seeing these animals encased and enclosed. And now you're telling me that there's a, a fence that they could easily hop over and they're choosing not to. As a viewer, it makes me feel more like, oh, they like it. They're staying. Either that or they're sedated and they don't even know where they're at. You know what I'm saying? Like, this yeah. giraffe has to be so hopped up on drugs that he's going, I don't got the energy to even walk out of here. I know it's sad. I'm, it's 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 it's. There should maybe be a boycott on zoos. Uh, I don't know. We stayed for an hour. We got out of there. And the hour, zoo, that's all you. Well, that's what I'm saying. The zoo sounds like a good idea until you get there, and then you're like, "All right, what are we doing?" You know, like you, you see the flamingo, you see the uh, the ostrich, you see the giraffe, the elephant, and then 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 what? You get a little popcorn, you see two more things. Nah, see, you know, it's a problem I got. And then this is how I, this, we had we had this discussion when we were at the zoo. Lana goes, oh, they got dip dots here. And I go, what's a dip dot? Oh, she's like, you never had a dip dot before? Which, which brings me to my point. When I used to go as a kid to the zoo or Disneyland, that's yeah. all you got was the zoo. You didn't get what was inside the zoo. My father... Didn't buy us dip dots, funnel cake, none of that shit. Yo, I, I, I wasn't, my father wouldn't normally get us a souvenir. You'd get one for a whole week vacation. However, 
You go into a zoo or, or, or an establishment for a day, you get one snack. Your old man wouldn't get you a soft pretzel. No, we ate, no, we ate one before we went in, and when we got hungry in the zoo, we left. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there was no, it was like, yeah, you think I'm going to pay $6 for a pizza pizza? Forget it. And, and we were gone. you can't get the six for the pizza, then forget the whole zoo. It's part of the experience. You didn't no. get the dip dots. Did you not get dip the dip dot? I don't I know had- any... No, I don't know any childhood foods like um, what's the other one? Uh, what's that shirt? Not Cherie. It's a Mexican uh, like dessert. What is it, Lou? It's got sugar the lo- on it. The long skinny thing. It's a churro, right? Churro. Yeah. Never had it. Never had any of the stuff that was like in in the zoo cafe or at the walt disney world got none i got none of it i'd say so your old man takes you to the circus does he get yeah. you a cotton candy no oh. you got you got you got the circus you got the show that's what they, we're going to the circus then then you know show you, means you, we go to show we get we get a snack we watch a show we go to a baseball game we get peanuts no we, we, we got we went to a movie one night and we got a family coke we got one coke and everybody passed it down the, the aisle. So we call it the family Coke. It wasn't even a large. It was like a medium. So you took like a sip, but you were worried, Jesus, am I taking a lot here? Is my sister going to get any? Holy <laughs> shit, man. So, so you, are you just out of habit doing that now yeah. in your life, or you feel that's yeah. a good policy? I, I, I'm out of habit. My my wife goes, let's go get dip dots. We don't need dip dots. It We're makes looking it. at the giraffe more enjoyable, I man. Know, you got the little know, mini frozen things melting on your tongue. It's scientifically, it doesn't. It's very interesting. It makes it's. I haven't had that feeling in my mouth since the first time I had pop rocks as a child, and you're, <laughs> you're popping. You like this. So no, I, I understand. I understand the fun of it. I just got. I got to get out of my dad. I, I'm turning into my yeah, father. Yeah. Bro. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, listen. I, but I hear you with the Zeus. They could be a little depressing these days. Anyway, yeah, man. I, I believe so. <sighs> well, oh, all right, guys. Uh, I, th- I think we've yeah, we've exhausted yeah. this show I'm here. Um, Slide down the dinosaur's neck and get out of here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Two o'clock p.m. December 29th, Saturday afternoon at the Improv in Orlando. Uh, tickets are on sale now. You can get them at uh, theimprov.com. Uh, you can go to sebastianlive.com and also get them. I got to tell you, I'm a little, uh, I didn't even told you guys yet, but uh, we're, uh, we're selling some tickets. Oh, yeah? Wow. Yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't know if anything, anybody was going to come to this thing, but uh, tickets are moving. I'm glad to hear they're coming to the uh, Orlando, some people. That's going to be a fun time, man. Yeah, and you and can those- come see uh, Pete. Pete and I will be on the road at the end of December here, which is approaching pretty quickly. Twenty uh, seventh, we'll be at the uh, Sunrise uh, Florida BB and T Center. Twenty eighth, we will be uh, where in Tampa, and then the 29th in Orlando, and then uh, the thirtieth in Jacksonville. So uh, SebastianLive.com for all your ticket needs. Just wanted to say is a good friend of the show, Brian Regan. He's got a new. Not just stand-up, his new own Netflix show, which premieres on Christmas Eve on Netflix called Stand-Up and Away. So it's uh, it's not just stand-up, it's, uh, you know, sketch, and it's Brian doing stuff other than stand-up, too. So it should be really cool, and uh, if you get a chance, good friend of the show, check it out. Yeah, he does, uh, he does from what I understand, he does a stand-up bit, and then he kind of acts out a sketch where that stand-up bit might have derived from. So it's kind of like in the mind of a comedian of how he comes up with his material. I, I believe that's the concept of the show, right? Yeah, yeah. I be, that's basically what he explained to me, too. Yeah, so it sounds pretty cool. So check it out. Netflix Christmas Eve. Just want to say, Sebastian, Lou, it's, it's always a pleasure, man. And uh, have a great Christmas to both you guys and to all the listeners. I'm saying that, too. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. It's just been... Uh, Boy, I really sound like it's I'm making my death <laughs> unexpected death box just in time. <laughs> <laughs> Good hanging is all I was saying. Uh, Take care.
The show has ended. She's gonna be so moved and fucking, you know, give it up. 